Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, where it's our goal to help you become the best financial advisor possible and drive the positive evolution of financial advice. Hub24 is an ASX-listed company with over $15 billion funds under management and one of the fastest-growing platforms in the market. Neither a bank nor part of a bank, Hub24 focuses entirely on connecting advisors to a broad range of investment solutions for their clients. Discover why other advisors think Hub24 are the best in the market and access the benefits of choice and efficiency for you and your clients with their market-leaning managed portfolio solution. To find out more, visit hub24.com.au. Jay Daly. Ray Dramas. Hi. Good, mate. Yeah? Good to see you again. What's been happening? Oh, a lot. It's just, you know, busy end of the year like everyone, I'm sure, running around, getting stuff done, yeah. uh, trying to top a few loose ends before we go on break for a little while. So, yeah. yeah all How's good. family? Family's good. Expanded since I saw you last. We've got a little daughter, Piper, who's nine months old now, so she's keeping us busy and yeah. uh, slightly sleep deprived, but not too bad. Yeah. yeah. How are you balancing it? Um, well, yeah, fortunately, I've got a wife who's on mat leave uh-huh, who yeah. is doing the night shifts and sort of letting me get a bit of sleep because I'm sort of doing fairly long hours at the moment. But yeah, we're, mm. we're juggling it fine and yeah, somehow finding our way through it all for the first time. But yeah. How are you doing the modeling for your daycare? Or uh, like daycare? Yeah, daycare? Daycare. Yeah, because I, I started looking at this for clients. It's like $120, mm. $140 a day. Jeez, I haven't even really looked into it that, <laughs> that much, apart from getting our names down with as many places as yeah. possible, because I haven't even looked at the cost side. Oh, it's man. just so competitive for trying yeah. to actually get in the door with anywhere. Yeah. Um, all the places we've spoken to said that it's, you know, basically, you know, three months to 12 months waiting list. Seriously? Yeah. So we're just, um, I'll just push the cost of the site and it will be what it will be. I'll have to find <laughs> the finances for it. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, we'll I'm, do the budgeting afterwards. For, for, for a lot of the clients that I'm working with now, it's like buying, buying first property, having kids, those yeah. Yeah. Of things, and when you put the daycare costs in, it's like mm. thank God of like pre, uh, primary school kicks in uh, yeah. from from five because <laughs> staggering, man. I, I there must like, I, and I don't fully understand the rebate side of things, but there yeah. must be an adjustment because if you're earning like an average salary in Sydney mm. and you have to pay for full daycare. Mm. Oh, it's definitely, there's a tiered rebate system yeah. based on, you know, your combined incomes and everything. But I think, um, you know, for a lot of people, you really have to look at, is it really worth that the spouse not working, yeah. uh, working that extra day because of the extra costs? Like have, you have to be getting a decent wage to offset some of that. So, yeah. And plus you get the benefits of spending a bit more time with your kid if you don't have them in daycare. So, yeah. you know, yeah, sometimes it doesn't always have to be financial. You get that sort of feel good and lifestyle factor as well. Yeah. Spending a bit more time with them. Cool. Well, uh, for people who might not have well, met you when you were in Sydney previously, yep. what, do you want to tell us a little bit about your story? So uh, Jade Jade and I went to Horizons seven years ago. Oh, God. It, was, it would have been 2011, 12, yeah. right about then. At yeah. the time, Jade was on the cusp of deciding whether or not to spend his time on uh, – Triple J or AMP, and uh, he, he yeah. sits in front of me now. God, so, isn't that a, just, a bit of a sad uh, choice to make, isn't it? Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. Well, tell like let, tell yeah. tell us like I'm, I'm super excited. I actually don't remember. So like I yeah. and I always struggled with the idea of like sitting like in AMP where there's like this big floor of like 50, 60 people, and yeah. there's like you there with like this fancy haircut, living in Paddington, <laughs> spending your evenings yeah. doing band practice when everyone else is like reading up on their DFP. Yeah, it was a bit of a different life then, but um, I guess we all moved. <laughs> 
moved to Sydney back in, would have been 2008 from Adelaide, uh, me and the guys I used to play in the band with. Um, the band's called I Know Leopard. Just a small plug there. <laughs> <laughs> Still going well on Triple J and uh, you know, all the festival scenes and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we all moved over to, to Sydney and um, I got my start in the finance world working with AMP Direct. Um, That's right. Had a few family contacts through AMP and they sort of helped me get the foot in the door whilst I was doing my original uh, DFP all those years ago. And uh-huh. um, so I started out there, I was living at that time, I was living in Bondi um, yeah. and working in Parramatta at the um, at the AMP office there where we were sort of started in the sales support and retention team, um, taking a lot of inbound calls and then moved to the direct sales team, which I have no idea whether that still exists <laughs> in general advice land. In so what is AMP direct if someone calls up wanting income uh, protection and you can just give it to them? Actually, it was it was a lot of it at that time was outbound phone calls to existing AMP clients uh-huh. talking about do they want to review what they've got? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Thinking about it now straddles the personal <laughs> and general advice. A bit, a bit of blurred lines. Yeah, right, which yeah. I think they probably had to revise that business model. <laughs> I think AMP are reviewing days. a couple of things at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> but they um, yeah. So I was doing that for a while. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, making 140 outbound calls a day wasn't really what I wanted to be doing um, and yeah. was much more drawn to the relationship side of things uh, in financial advice. So once I finished some of the studies, moved across to St. Leonard's where we did Horizons together. And mm. uh, You were there for the full year, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. The, did the full 12 months there um, so I could get the, you know, full end-to-end experience. Just <laughs> I mean, as much as it was an interesting little microcosm of an environment there, yeah. I, I kind of found it quite beneficial because I don't think I would have been ready at the time coming from somewhere like AMP Direct and having some qualifications to going straight into reviewing clients, yeah. you know, new, new client appointments, being productive. Like, you know, it was 100%. just quite a big gap from <laughs> from sales in that kind of environment to being a you know fully fledged advisor obviously yeah but um, yeah so I did the full twelve months there and obviously had good mates like you and uh, Adrian and Clayton and uh, Graham and a yeah, few others yeah, that yeah. are still in the the few of us that are still left in the in the profession and uh, yeah following the the full twelve months there where I was kind of yeah as you were saying on half band duties half financial advice duties and was that because like that's a weird thing for yeah. advice but like was that weird for your bandmates to have yeah, like you're the dude wearing the tie like oh, <laughs> yeah, this guy's a uh, bit of a I was the suit in, yeah in yeah the band, were you but, uh, yeah. only by only in business hours <laughs> as soon as we finished the tie came off the skinny jeans yeah. were on and I was ready to go but no it was um, it was a really weird sort of uh, oh, profession to be doing whilst in a touring band as well but because um, those those horizons hours were not short right so that no. i mean like your days would like i don't know what like a and p from like i don't know eight o'clock in the morning yeah seven o'clock, about sort of eight o'clock and then we'd um you know finish up you know, six or seven and then i'd get to band practice at like eight eight thirty practice till midnight um that was probably two or three nights a week yeah and get home like one o'clock Jules would get have been up thrilled. yeah she was loving it yeah. yeah it wasn't seeing me much at all. <laughs> She was loving getting to go to, <laughs> to, go to festivals and stuff, though. So, yeah, yeah there, was, there was the other side. But, um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a strange sort of combination of things to be doing. But yeah. um, How were you feeling during it? 
during it, oh, well, I mean, I'm a little bit conflicted because I was really enjoying the career progression and where that was all going um, and feeling quite fulfilled from the job and future prospects. But at the same time, I've always loved playing music and writing music and being like, you know, that's my only creative outlet. I'm, I'm no good at drawing or doing Financial modelling. Like, yeah, financial. <laughs> <laughs> rigidity of spreadsheets. <laughs> really freestyling it. But um, the... Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed having that outlet and getting to do live performing was with with all the guys and uh, eventually the girls that were in the band was was awesome. Um, and I definitely miss that to this day. But um, actually, seeing catching up with the guys in a couple of weeks, they're down here playing some shows. And, oh yeah. Uh, so we still so still mates. still really good mates. Yeah. Get to see them semi regularly whenever one of us is you know in Sydney or Adelaide. But you know they're they're doing their thing, and I've kind of you know looking back now on where I'm at. <clears throat> Career-wise and, and family-wise, I think I, I, I made the right decision because it was kind of at a crossroads where I kept doing something that I that I loved um, music-wise that was not in any way, shape, or form financially rewarding at all. Yeah. Um, versus something, but on the cusp yeah, of right, potent, quite potentially. But yeah. I mean, even still, it's it's very hard to. You really have to be in that top one to five percent of bands in the country to actually be able to do it. I think full time mm. for a living, um, but. You know, on the other hand, I, I was really passionate about financial advice and um, working within my family's business, which has been around, which had been around at that stage for about you know twenty five years or so, and uh, what the future options were there with you know taking over the business as what I've done now, sort of four or five years ago. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I made the right made the right choice. It was the right time to sort of segue across into something else. <laughs> was that at the end of Horizons that you sort of said to the guys, listen, I'm I'm out? Yeah, it was um, after we finished the Horizons year, um, I had my, my father, Phil, who had had his um, Hillross practice for oh, since the early 80s, mid-80s or so. Yeah. Um, he had another associate advisor in the office at the time and he was probably, what was he, about 60-odd, so he's thinking about his succession planning and what's going to happen with all the clients that he you know, knows and spent all the time with um, long long term. So he sort of gave me a bit of an ultimatum of either you come down and work within the business and we work together on transitioning this over time or I'm going to have to look at other options with existing staff or new people coming in and you might not get that opportunity again later on. So yeah. I kind of juggled it and thought, <laughs> well, no, I'd be, I'd be crazy not to take that opportunity and run with it and yeah. um yeah so we relocated back to adelaide in uh, you know uh, mid 2013 um to pretty much just work with existing clients in the business and yeah uh, yeah took it from there really do you still play yeah, fortunately, I've finally got a great band room set up at my, at my house. <laughs> so I've got all my equipment there. Um, unfortunately, I've got a daughter that likes to sleep whenever I'm not at the office. So I haven't been able to. You can't play the electric guitar quietly. You need yeah. to. Hack it. And it just, yeah. So it's just not not the same as it used to be. But I'm getting some level of enjoyment. Yeah. Now, okay. Good. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. So tell me about the business, because like that. I'm I'm super fascinated with that. Like when before financial planning, I worked in my family business. It yep. was uh, furniture, furni business, fur furniture, yeah. Uh, and working with family, like it feels like this romantic idea that it's, it should work really well. It's a succession thing. It's yeah. like, like it just in it's, theory, it's just not, in theory, it's, it's fantastic. But you know, when when it's like the fifth Thursday in a row of like having dinner, talking about work <laughs> shit, yeah, it's like. It's, it gets testing. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, well, so it can. <laughs> my relationship with my dad, Phil. Um, look, 
professionally, we get on really well and we kind of know that we need to, you know, respect each other's, you know, approaches from things and we're both going to look at things slightly differently. Yeah. Like Phil's, um, you know, got a, a huge heart. He's, you know, a guy who would do anything for his clients, but his approach is probably a bit different, a bit more old school than the way I do it. But it definitely has been a bit weird for our relationship together because I do find that, you know, whenever we're hanging out socially as a family, like we can't talking stop shop, bloody man. talking about yeah. work, which is, you know, I'm sure everyone that works in, in this profession would agree that it's it's something you can't just switch off from at the end of the day. Like it stays with you. You're always thinking about it. Um, you know, there's always something you, you should be doing or could be doing or, you know, yeah. that you, you end up talking about. It's the same with my mates that are in financial advice as well. Yeah. Whenever I see them, all we do is talk shop. It's a bit depressing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we've got something better to talk about, but yeah. you just revert back to, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's been a bit – I'd say that the um, – it probably has compromised the, the social side of things for my family a little bit, but, you know, um, professionally we, we work really well together and um, – have to take my hat off to the old man. He's been pretty keen to embrace any changes that I've wanted to try and bring into the practice because, um, and not all of which have been my ideas either. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, you just, all, all you know is what you know from the previous roles you've had and your experience mm-hmm. and things. And sometimes when you've got new people coming into the business that have got different ideas and backgrounds, they can come up with stuff that just For completely sure. changes the way you do things. And uh, Phil's been really good at wanting to implement that in the way he's doing it, surprisingly. I notice you call him Phil. Is that is that like yeah. a default thing like yeah. to clients? You cannot, like- cannot call him dad. <laughs> cannot work in the office and call my old man dad at work. No. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it's my business now. It's just, you know, yeah. it's yeah. that awkward chain of command and, you know, with uh, staff yeah. and things, it's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated. So, like, because yeah. listening to this would be a lot of advisors that, like, might, might not be working for like yeah. in the family business but still like got a got an established business been around for 25 30 yeah. years mid 60s owner like you mm-hmm. you can picture the dude right yeah um i know a lot of them yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what what did you and phil did you or did you and phil do anything to to like any structures or did you engage anyone as like a third part how did you guys no, go about well i think we're we're both probably you know we, we, we talk, are you talking about from the succession planning side well, of things just, or just yeah, how just, we approach it with the clients and things? Well, well both. But I was, uh, I, was, I was asking more from a business side of yeah. things to say, like, how do you like how do you guys ensure that that has success? Or yeah, is there, okay. a, is there a, st- a structure to that? I guess one of the things about being licensed through Hillross is that they've been really good at providing us with business coaching and support um, internally within the licensee. And of course, you know, you've got to take that for what it is because it's sure. going to have a bit of a, a licensee flavor to it. But, sure. you know, you can you can pick the bits out that are, that are going to benefit you and your clients and the way you do things. But I guess in the lead up to when I took over, which was in end of June 2015, um, I'd already been working in the business then for about three years. And so Phil and I had been a lot of the time having joint review meetings with a lot of our existing clients, um, sort of pre-positioning that long to ensure benefits for their own um, ongoing financial security and, and advice relationship. We were trying to put these steps in place to make sure that we could continue to look after them, even with, you know, with whatever Phil wanted to do as he went into retirement. So mm. it was important that we spent, we didn't want it to be like a, right, Phil's done, here's Jay, there you go. Yeah. You know, start building relationships. <laughs> younger Phil. Yeah, young, young <laughs> Phil, yeah. <laughs> Same guy, yeah, younger guy, more hair, whatever. <laughs> Better haircut. <laughs> yeah. But he, um, so we, yeah, we really really 
deliberately try to have those combined meetings for quite a while to build up those relationships and make sure that the clients that have been, you know, a lot of them have been with the practice for, you know, 20 odd years, mm-hmm. um, been with Phil since he started, a lot of them back in the A&P days, but um, that they knew me and felt comfortable with me to make sure that, look, as far as we're concerned, all the processes, everything they like about what we're doing just carry us on as it always has, but it's just they deal with me because I'm going to be there five, six days a week and Phil's there at the moment two to three yeah. at best. <laughs> <laughs> when he's not away enjoying his uh, he's a motorbike life. rider isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. so they've, they've got a, a group of guys that do usually I think it's every 12 months they go away for about uh, four weeks five weeks or so somewhere in the world riding motorbikes together and yeah. having a, um, God knows what they get up to but, uh, good times I'm sure <laughs> yeah. plenty, of, plenty of drinking and you know carrying on yeah oh, good on him yeah. so like you you and you, like I'm thinking the first again thinking about for, for guys listening to this so <clears throat> You're sitting in the meeting room with Dad, like mm. in the first Phil. one. Phil, Phil sorry, <laughs> Phil. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I sort of see in my mind that you're you're maybe doing the notes and like yeah. asking basic stuff, but he's yeah. driving, and then maybe the next time you're driving a bit more. Like how? Or I don't know how. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like we never really tried to sort of structure it to like I'd be like the junior guy doing the scribing or whatever. I mean, okay. I've always kind of been known as that guy because I always take, yeah. you know, I don't learn unless I write things down. Yeah, you but do write a lot. I do. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I always get the job of being the note taker when I do group stuff. But um, I, I don't know. I just... I always found it pretty natural. Just it was more. A lot of it wasn't so much the strategy. It was just getting to know them and talking to them and yeah. building that rapport. And you know, the, the the strategy side of things comes you know down the track. Like that 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 part of it was just more about getting to know them, getting them getting to know me, and feeling comfortable with me knowing more about what's important for them and you know, mm. how we could work together and everything. So that was it. Was it actually felt pretty natural really we're just yeah. quite conversational like what we're doing now but that know? yeah but that that would have meant that phil was sitting in their room taking yeah. it like leaning back in the chair letting you well, drive yeah. chunks of it yeah well, yeah I'd, I'd ask my own questions yeah um, okay. he would you know it was just it was, as i said it's just kind of very natural and uh, conversational you know both of us would ask questions and we both kind of you know phil obviously had known a lot of these people for a very long time yeah. so he's given me bits of info that things that might be important so i'm asking them about that favorite footy team yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> all the all the key stuff, you know, which children are getting left out of the will, all that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's important. Yeah, so no, it was it was good, and um, I think for anyone out there that's that's looking at that succession planning yeah. piece, giving yourself enough time to do it in a so it doesn't feel rushed or forced is, I think, can be really important because we didn't we didn't really lose very many clients at all as part of that transition. Fortunately, um, part of that was because we've had you know quite a high touch with most of our clients, and I didn't uh, the the when I took over the practice, we didn't. I didn't take over every single client because we had. We traditionally had quite a large corporate super book, mm. which um, I opted not to sort of participate in. We sort of, when I took over, I just sort of kept our key clients that we knew and ha- had good relationships with. This is like Phil's. Port, yeah. like in gate high or high touch. Port yeah, port, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, with most of our clients, you know, we probably. I think there's probably. Um, I don't know. 200, 250 odd clients, yeah. and I, I had by that stage, you know, a number of my own clients as well that obviously came across. And um, did you bring Horizons guys across? Yeah, I did have some yeah. clients from those days, some friends that that um, that came on board with me in in the Horizons days. Um, you know, who are sure are paying way too low fees these days. <laughs> Try to reward the ones that have been with me from the start. But, you know, yeah. um, and at, fortunately, when I when I took over the business as well, at that time I was able to get a, a really good um, joint venture business off the ground with a group of accountants as well. So that was. Um, 
really useful because I'd, I'd taken on quite a mature business that had most people would be between 55 and 75, you know, um, still needing a lot of help with Centrelink and mm. pensions and investments and all that, but definitely drawing down on um, a lot of their, uh, you know, balances over time, which they should. Mm. Um, so it was helpful to have another um, avenue bringing some new clients in to sort of help keep everything balanced um, and give us plenty of new business to work with as well, mm. which was, yeah, which has been great. And that was, so was that your relationship? Um, it was, it was, so Phil, actually, so it was with this group of accountants that, that they'd sort of done a similar thing to what Phil and I were doing, but going back a few years. So there was a uh-huh. younger accountant who'd taken over his father's practice. So there's a 40-year-old Jade in the accounting Yeah, firm. yeah, <laughs> me fast forward a few years. <laughs> yeah. So they'd been there and done that. Um, so they, there was, there's two directors. Um, the younger one had taken over his, his father's practice. Um, they were looking after Phil's own personal accounting, and we had quite a number of mutual clients that we right. both referred each either way um, just because we trusted each other's work anyway. But um, I guess it was, it was probably around that time where a lot of the licensing was changing for accountants yeah. as well around what they could and couldn't do. So they kind of recognised the need of having a, a good offering for their clients that they could, you know, have some input into as well. And, uh, yeah, we thought, well, yeah, it makes sense for us as well. We both like the way each other operates. So we um, ended up forming a, a JV um, business with them uh, mm. to provide services specifically for their clients and uh, leverage off the capacity of the existing business that we had. So, And mm. that's, what, about four years on now? It's going from strength to strength. So we're, yeah, really fortunate to um, have those guys on as partners with us. Yeah. Out of your, like, day-to-day at the moment, what would you say the proportion of clients that you look after from? Uh, from the JV versus Phil's old guys? Uh, I'd say the lion's share of new clients joining the practice are definitely from the, the, uh, JV. the JV business. Yeah. Um, we still get quite a few referrals from existing clients. Kids? Kids um, of Phil's clients? Or yeah, like kids of your clients, I should yeah, say? Um, yeah, there's some definitely some the intergenerational thing. Not not as much as I was probably expecting, but there's yeah. there's still a few that come through from that. Um, I had a few uh, other relationships with some lawyers um, out there as well, which have been great at referring a few clients through for for various things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, most most of the new business would probably come from that relationship with the JV and um, mm. we deliberately structured it in a way that it would be beneficial like we to all parties involved. We wanted to get a win for the clients and a win for each of our businesses. Yeah. And um, I think that when you approach things from trying to just not ever win at somebody else's expense but get get mutual benefit out yeah. of it, that's where it succeeds. So we've Man, there's, there's so much benefit. We, I've, I'm fortunate to have a really like good accounting relationship with someone and I, I find it's helpful to have the Chinese wall system where it's like I can't talk mm. tax advice to clients and he mm. can't talk advice to clients, but yeah. we can talk to each other about stuff yeah. and say, oh, this is a tax thing I'm thinking about. I'm out of school. Yeah. What do you reckon? And he can say, yeah. oh, financial planning, this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, cool. And then we go to the client with this united front of just yeah. like, He's spoken, I've spoken, we're all sweet, and this is what we think. Yeah, I think that it's definitely the way to to go about doing it. And from a client's perspective, um, from what I've noticed just purely from from our JV is that, you know, they love that integrated approach of knowing that, you know, their investment advice is going to overlap with their tax planning. And it's all managed by people that are on the same page with each other. Like our staff can can communicate with each other as well to make sure that we can get things done, Mm. you know, efficiently for clients. And, um, yeah, everyone seems to benefit out of it. it and it's seriously so much easier for us dealing with clients like that than compared with some other accountants actually we, we have got some other external accountants that we have nothing to do with who have been great but some of them take ages yeah. <laughs> to get things back that you need from them yeah. and, uh, so it's definitely a more efficient way of doing it and uh, yeah. yeah it's been great for us and 
Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it makes sense. I want to go back to the the client transition thing, and yeah. I'm just sorry to bang on about no, it, but no, I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of guys sure. uh, and girls or people. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm just thinking like, Dated, like, what are there? Are there any like, were there any like key issues that you saw keep coming up when you were talking to clients? As, as it sounds like Phil was, Phil, it, sound, it sounds like Phil's a sort of character that that may, maybe has a big enough ego that he doesn't need to, mm. you know, like assert himself to, for for pride's yeah. sake and, and allow you to drive things. But yeah, I, I don't know. I you know, thinking of the traditional more yeah. more classical type of advisor <laughs> that might be a, you know a bit bit yeah. of an ego doesn't want to relinquish. Yeah, 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 it'd be tough, right? Because you're talking about not yeah. being the scribe in the early. Yeah. days and I just wonder maybe that maybe that's done you a big favor because I know when I first started mm. out and I was an associate for yeah. for a senior advisor as I started to transition those relationships I was always the small I was always mm. the young kid in the room right yeah. so even when the senior's gone you're still the the young one which is not good well, yeah it, it, yeah yeah I can yeah it's it depends on the personality of the people I think you know and you just if you want it to succeed, you just, as the older advisor, seeing it from my side of the fence, you just can't cling on to it and be too protective of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you want it to work, you've got to really make sure that you're, you're giving the younger person every opportunity to, su- to succeed and giving them all the information and stuff that they need to pick up where you left off. But I had, um, it, it was interesting that as going through that process and, and I said, as the demographic of our business is pretty old. So most of the, well, older, mm. um, 55 to 75 as yeah. most of them, I'd say. That'd be um, pretty standard for the, yeah, the, you know, the... I reckon it probably would. Yeah. Um, but, for you know, with, with a lot of them, um, they were saying, look, we're going through this same process with our dentists, our doctors, <laughs> our lawyers, because really? like a lot of the people have done this journey with the retiring. Yeah, that's so true, man. Thinking, yeah. well, geez, I don't want to be getting to my 80s and having to get a new doctor who doesn't know anything about me so yeah. they're, they're actually a lot of people already thinking <laughs> that themselves so yeah. getting getting their own things in order so um i guess it was kind of you know right place right time thankful uh, yeah. yeah and that you know i think back to that was the that call i had to make with leaving horizons whether i'd stay in sydney or not yeah and uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty glad that i made the call to, to get out and get get involved with the business or else i could have missed that opportunity so yeah i get well i get and you've kind of gone all in on the other right so it's yeah. like band versus this is yeah well the timing worked out yeah, nicely put, put all the cards down that's yeah it, nice man time. so what would yeah. you say for like for someone who, like, uh, I mean, now you, you've got a team now. Yeah. So in, in a situation where you've got an advisor looking after a lot of your day-to-day, say, as, yeah. as you sort of grow as a business, at what point do you think it's appropriate for that younger advisor or for someone in a team to then say to you mm. as an owner, mm. what's up? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, it's it's hard because you know, and I, I've personally struggled with this. With I mean, I, I don't have an associate advisor at the moment. I okay. still do pretty much everything end to end. I've got some really good support staff around me that do you know that help with you know the day to day stuff. But I'm still pretty much the guy for all yeah. the existing and new clients at this point in time, which will will have to change at some stage. But I personally do find it difficult to. To, I'm probably doing some of the things I said not to do. I do find it hard to pass over that relationship yeah. for clients that I've got a really strong relationship with to somebody else because then when somebody else picks it up, you're no longer that that link to, to what's going on with them. So yeah. I, I'm sure there's... Phil did it. I know. <laughs> he was ready to do it. <laughs> he was at that end of his career. You need a motorbike <laughs> license, mate. <laughs> yeah. I know. But uh, the I'm sure, look, there's a million ways to, to successfully do that. And I know a lot of guys that are running practices with, you know, 
five to ten advisors and everyone's, you know, got a really good system of how to, you know, keep clients within the practice and make yeah. sure there's somebody there that can look after their needs and everything. We're prob- uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 12 months away from looking at um, taking on an associate advisor or somebody in that space. So I haven't had too much experience with it yet. But, mm. um, you know, I guess once you've done the hard yards and if you can prove yourself enough, then... Um, yeah. I guess there's a saying that somebody told me years ago, shy kids don't get any sweets. You just got to ask the question. And if, yeah. if it's, you know, if you see yourself as part of that practice for the long term and, uh, you know, you feel like you're adding value to that practice and the clients, then I suppose there's no, there's no shame in putting your hand up and say, Hey, look, I want to be part of this. How can, how can we make this work? Yeah. How, uh, how would you, how would you feel if someone came to you that was an associate and said, Hey Jade, in five years, say, I want to yep. be in a position where I'm at the table. Yeah. Uh, what do I need to do? Like, you'd respond well to that, right? Yeah, I, I mean, you've got to, for the right people, I mean, yeah. it has to be the right personality fit. Because, I mean, if you bring anyone on as an equity owner in the business, you then essentially going into partnership with that person. Yes. I wouldn't do that with anyone that I don't think I have the same approach to ethics, the same approach to clients with. Um, yeah. I know several people that I, I would, be more than happy to do that with. Um, but I think you would need to get the personalities and the approach right. Um, I wouldn't want somebody who's just in there to, you know, do, do be an associate advisor for as quick as possible time and then try and think they can hop straight into being equity owner of the business. Yeah. I, I think that needs to, you know, you need to take your time um, learn the ropes, show your value, um, show what you can add to that relationship as mm. well to make it worthwhile for the other person bringing you on board. But definitely, I think it, it should be um, you know a natural progression for any associate advisor down the track if they you know if they love what they do and want to be part of that business. So t- I, I imagine it's a struggle for a lot of people where like yes, absolutely, you don't want to rush into anything as a business yeah. owner, but also like I, I certainly have retaining seen many, talent, many t- <laughs> uh-huh. retaining talent, retaining, well, well retaining talent but also like for younger people not being led up a garden path yeah like and i i i see so many situations where people have continued to prom and like uh that carrot that's always just out well, the, of carrot, the carrots is always there right yeah. and, and like i don't know that on the other side of the coin is are people having as like honest views as, as you to say well you know i don't know it's, it's just an interesting one and what i was what i was thinking was how how does someone Start to understand whether or not there is it's a carrot or if yeah, it's a legitimate. Or if you're just getting BS'd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. And I, I was just having this conversation with a client the other day who's a completely different industry, but the same issue. So yeah. it was a guy who was working for a, um, I think it was a pool maintenance business or something that was quite quite successful. But the guy had been telling him for years that he was gonna, you know, he's gonna step back, he's gonna sell him some equity in the business, he was gonna phase out, and it just never happened. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he just kept getting jerked around, and it got to the stage where, you know, there was so much animosity built up from not having that opportunities that you thought were gonna be there that he had then gone up, uh, gone out and set up his own business, and then some of the staff that were at that business have come across with him to set up his own business in competition with his old boss. <laughs> <laughs> and you can so see how that would happen. I mean, 100%. I mean, within our profession, you know, there is, you know, thing, anti-competition, you know, non-compete clauses and various things like that. But, you know, if you if you BS somebody too long, yeah. they're gonna they're, it's, they're gonna build resentment. They're gonna feel like you're stifling their career development, and you know, they're not gonna care about disrupting mm. your business one day. You know, you're much better off, I guess, to you know, if you if you've got that structure to try and facilitate somebody's growth and development within mm. your business and, and retain them and, and be, you know, both be advocates of each other and then everyone everyone wins, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a tough one though, right? Because I, I could so, totally see if someone was overly ambitious walking mm. into your business saying, hey, yeah. Jade, I'm keen. Hey, Jade, I'm keen. Hey, Jade, I'm keen. Yeah. Hey, Jade, this is the fourth time I've told you I'm keen. Mm. And it's like, well, hang on, mate. Like, I'm, I'm happy for this, yeah. but you've been here for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all comes down to, time, you know, time frames. And I guess it's, yeah. a, you know, there's no one size fits all. It's going to sure. be a case by case situation with, with how people are. You know, if I had somebody walk into my office and say, yeah, I want this job and you know, five years I want to be a partner in this business, I'd be like, whoa. Okay, like, just call your jets there, mate. Uh, you know, I think. <laughs> nice to meet you, I'm Jade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. um, I would probably say, look, you know, I want to see see what you can bring to the table first yeah. before we know that. But I think it, as a business owner, you do need to be honest with people. And if it's not going to happen, yeah. Don't don't keep feeding the old, you know, it's going to happen at some stage because, you know, it's just going to burn people out and, and piss people off. So, mm. I guess it's a fine line, isn't it, between yeah. wanting to foster development and um, having good staff and longevity in your business, but not wanting to, you know, do it too soon or before you've kind of earned your stripes a bit. Mm. You've got to want to, you, you've got to really want to yeah, put, the, put the hard yards in first, otherwise yeah. you won't appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose, like, it's having honest conversations with people, right? It's... Uh... Yeah, it's a fascinating one. I, I, I see it all the time and I just like as that average age of an mm-hmm. advisor continues to get older and you start yeah. to see this, tra- I just see like these conversations are going to happen more and more and more. And I feel like the transition of businesses might become more of a thing as the bowlers start to drop yeah. and, you know, people start looking at EBIT and it's more yeah. of a traditional business structure valuation. But I think it's happening across the board with other professions, other yeah. industries as well. You know, just the demographics of our country are, we've got an aging population. So, so mm. many people are faced with this kind of stuff and, um, just even on a, you know, segueing into an advice sort of perspective, you know, there's so much opportunity there to work with people on their succession planning and because and, a lot of people just never think about it. You know, they think, oh, look, at some stage I'm going to pull the plug on my business and get paid some money somehow and that's going to be my retirement. Mm. No real idea of how that will actually happen, how they're going to facilitate that, you know. So it's important for all of us to think about it and, and get things in order, you know. Do you do that stuff? Uh, like that I don't specialise it in, in that sort of stuff to um, specifically, I mean, yeah. we do a bit of it around people that are retiring around, you know, the small business um, CGT concessions and whatnot, mm. but um, not not specifically estate planning, but, um, you know, we obviously have those conversations a lot with the accounting clients, the joint clients as well, mm. um, because the accountants have got a pretty big hand in how that can work. But um, yeah, I, just, I mean, it's just an important conversation to have. Totally. You know, otherwise yeah. people just you start thinking about it too late and it's um, too difficult to plan. Yeah. We've got time. I uh, I just went through the advice process with a forty something year old and like we we asked people to do a, a budget on like their day to day expenses yeah. and he, he it was impossible for him to strip strip out his personal expenses to the business like yeah. it, it was just so, so intertwined so intertwined they? and like yeah I I'm not a business owner right I, like a as a as a day to day traditional type of owner so I uh, it, it was it was difficult for me and I, I could see it's less 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 of a problem when you're 40 and, and you're you're working day to day it's it's you know the, the can got kicked up the road a little bit but I imagine if you're 60 and you're mm. that person like tough tough oh. to be right advice I or yeah, yeah well I mean. <laughs> It's kind of like that. It's the same thing as like that client that comes to you and they're about to retire and says, "Oh, look, I should probably start thinking about my super now." Hey, like, well, mate, where were you ten years ago? Well, yeah. We should be well, twenty years ago. We should be planning this sort of stuff. You know, you got to allow time for these things to work, or otherwise you try and force them without the time, yeah. and you know, you're not going to get the outcome that you want potentially. You yeah. Know? Which is why I was glad that like with Phil. Um, you know, fortunately, we had the fa- that family connection, so we were able to start working on that together from a fairly early stage. And um, you know, 
uh, it was pretty much a two to three year sort of lead up to when mm. when I took when you over. Were doing. Yeah. Was Phil was Phil your main? Because one of the things I wanted to ask you was leaving AMP Horizons yeah. into here. Like for those that haven't done AMP Horizons, like. I know mm. A&P cops, cops it, it but, does. like, Horizons legitimately, like, really good. The Academy yeah. was, re- like, really collegiate. I, I've met some of the best people in my life out of the people from there. Mm. Uh, but, like, it's it, it, a lot of XY advisor and, like, sharing advice and ideas uh, was legit, was born from, uh, you know, like, the Clayton, Adrian, yeah. and, and myself having that, and you and yeah. you as well. I mean, I see a lot of those names that are on the on the forums and things that we're posting on are guys that uh, that I recognise from Horizons or in the network and various you know AP Charter yeah. Ross sort of guys that I know. So yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, you jump on a plane now yeah. you're in Adelaide, so yeah. you've got you got filled it. So yeah. how how where where did you get your resource? Like what? How did you do that? <laughs> so <what? laughs> Just got on the bike and started pedaling. No, you know, well, fortunately, I think coming from that, uh, doing that 12 months in the practice um, through Horizons really did um, fortunately give me the skill set to kind of hit the ground running, I think. As yeah, I saying, if okay. I hadn't have done that, I would have been floundering for a lot longer and it would have taken me a lot longer to kind of get in the flow of what do I do day to day? How do I be productive? Mm. What does my ideal week look like? Excuse me, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so I guess as soon as I got back from Sydney um, to Adelaide, it was pretty much like, well, here's a client, here's a client um, list. Start calling people, make relationships, see what comes of it, see who you can help, what 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 can you do, and just hit the ground running like exactly what we were doing in the in the Horizons um, space, uh, which. You know, it was it was tough, but fortunately, you know, I'd had that background of doing truckloads of phone calls every day. Yeah. You know, you, you just got to get on the phone and be in touch with people. You know, you can't have that call reluctance or be nervous to speak to people. You just have no choice but to get out there, uh, speak to as many people as you can, see as many people as you can, and just see what you can do for people. Um, and Phil was obviously the, the, the main mentor I had there because I was working pretty closely with him. But yeah. I had, um, you know, other other guys who I've been, who I'm really close with who had been advisors for for longer than I had who you know we're, we're sharing ideas and kind of doing our own sort of mini peer group type things which yeah I think are really important you know in Adelaide yeah just yeah. you know just a few of us from different licensees and we'd, we'd catch up and just talk about what's going on and ways we're approaching different different things and you know yeah, our, our cool. stuff's always changing so having other people you can just bounce ideas off like what we do on the XY forum you know yeah. it's it's great to um, to have that but we, we were kind of doing that on a mini mini scale just between you know three or four of us yeah yeah <laughs> but, um, it'd be tough man like yeah I, I always thought it's like well now you're there it's I imagine you day to day you see a lot of more conventional stuff going on in business. Yeah. Like, well, hang on, I've just like I've got all these ideas, and like after yeah. a year or so, I just want like, how do you how do you re re get the yeah I mean the sunlight, but like how do you re <laughs> re get energize yourself to say okay, well, I think the hardest transition for me um, was going uh, from being an advisor and, and just seeing clients and all that to them being a business owner. I yeah. found that a massive sort of mindset shift that I'm probably still, you know, still wrestling with um, in my daily sort of routine because it is it is such a different um, thing to not just, you know, for me, I feel like the advising is the easy part coming up with with fresh ideas for the business on how we look after clients how do we deal with the ever-changing compliance framework we're dealt with how do we do things better more efficiency leverage technology Um, but at the same time we've got all these clients we need to put in the hours to see and review and do things for it's really hard to kind of keep all those plates spinning i'm sure any uh small business owner or people you know with practices would 
you know, especially in the early days, agree that it's it is hard to get the balance right because the part of the job I fell in love with was being an advisor and seeing people and the relationships. But then all of a sudden you're responsible for staff and hiring and everything else that comes along with it. And um, yeah, it's challenging to know how much time of your day you devote to each of those areas and where do, where do you go for help if you want to like, you know, as I said, I, I had only done it. I'd been in the role for about three years before I took over. Um, I'd been, you know, had other experiences that sort of helped me with some of it, but you know, there's, it's hard to know where to go for help to, to develop things and make sure that you can implement different strategies in your business mm. whilst keeping it running. Where where do you where do you go for where have you gone for that? Is that a hill ross thing? Because um, you mentioned the business coaching, oh, so, all the guys that are here. So um, I do with with my um, with Chris, who's my accountant and also partner in the JV business. Um, I do quarterly business sessions with him, business okay. coaching sessions. So as part of that, we uh, you know we revisit all the P and Ls of the business. We have a look at you know what are some of the projects we've got coming up. Um, what are some of the things that we're going to need to devote time to within the practice? Um, what are a couple of things we want to achieve before the next quarterly catch up so you know whilst we might not get every single one of those things ticked off by the time we catch up again <laughs> yeah um at least if we can get one or two of them done it's a step in the right direction that yeah. i might not have done if i hadn't been having those conversations so i find it really beneficial for me to to have that partnership with chris um but i'm sure there's you know other external people you, you could pay to go to those kind of things i guess but mm. i i sort of ended up uh, doing that just because that was a service that Chris offered and I knew that he knew my business intimately and yeah. was, was objective from it. Because I guess I didn't want to be having those conversations with Phil because he's too close to the business and he's always done it a certain way. I wanted yeah. to get somebody with fresh insights from outside. An objective thing yeah, would be no, no bias well. for it yeah. and just to give me some fresh ideas about what we could do. And, yeah, it's been that's been helpful. But um, it's still challenging just get, with this finite number of hours you got in the day to kind of – do everything you want time. to do. Yeah, it's a bit like, I mean, like, <clears throat> uh, I feel like I'm on a bandwagon now, but it's a bit like with clients where it's like, if, if they cancel the review because they've got a busy work day, it's yeah. like, well, man, why are you working? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is, it is um, like that. I feel like 90 days is really good. Pro- you mentioned 90 days with the accountant. It's, yeah. 90 days is this, we do it at XY as well. Yeah. And I, I like 90 days, really good runway because it's like, it's short enough that it you, you're engaged in the project, but it's also long enough that you can deep dive into stuff. Yeah. Is that, so that's, yeah, that's I mean, a, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how we arrived at that. It just quarterly sounds good. <laughs> and it, it was, yeah, like you say, you know, it's short enough that, yeah, by the time you go back to it, it just hasn't been 12 months and you think, oh, Jesus, what do we talk about? What yeah. some, like you can be held to account for some of the things you want to achieve. Yeah. But um, the, I think I've still probably found, found it challenging to have a business that's been around for, you know, 25, 30 years before I took over with a lot of existing processes and practices around, you know, the investment management side of things and um, the way that we, you know, manage our client relationships to try and think about how we could reinvigorate that or bring it into a more modern approach. Yeah. Um, what, what is the more modern approach? How have you done that? Well, to be honest, like, fortunately, the way that the, the practice had been running for at least the last 10 years before I took over was that with all of our full service clients, we were on yearly renewable agreements with everyone. Yeah. So we've we've kept that going uh, but what has probably changed is um you know historically we, we've had more of a you know come in whenever you need to if it's a couple of times a year come in a couple of times a year if you don't need to come in this year we'll check in with you make sure it's all good and then you know mm-hmm. drop in when you want to yep but it's kind of moved to now you need to formally review everybody every 12 months um to make sure that you can continue providing the services which 
I have to admit, for some clients, they actually don't really want to come yeah. frequently. But for us to continue looking after things as we do, we have to. Yeah. So that's probably meant that we've we've increased our review workload by, I'd say, maybe a quarter to a third, maybe a quarter or so. Solid know, chunk. A de- enough that it's Especially when it's a third of people that are like, I don't know why we're talking, Jane. Yeah. Like, I apologize. Can you just... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we do what we need to do. We want to make sure, obviously, yeah, that I, everything's, yeah. everything's kosher and everyone's getting looked after. But a lot of the time, you know, you just uh, you, you may not need it every single 12 months, but then sometimes it's two or three times a year. So anyway, yeah. that, that's been a change that we've just had to manage for more of a, a time you know, time in the diary perspective, because that obviously eats into time. You can be seeing new clients and uh, working on other things because we, we just have to review everyone, and that's mm. that's all good, which we're we're, we're doing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, then just also then thinking about what's our client communication strategies. How do we leverage um, you know technology to to handle more of that stuff? How do we personalise things a bit more as well? Um, you know, it's. It's ever evolving. I know? feel like you could uh, provide the clients with a Christmas soundtrack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best of, you know, Michael L. Alla Michael Bublé or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, thank you. But, uh, no, we, we still do handwritten Christmas cards. You do? Yeah, cards man. There's a lot yeah. to be said for handwritten, man. I can't believe how many people comment on that. Yeah. Like I, you got um, good handwriting as well. It's not, well, it's all right. It gets a bit sloppy when you're doing, you know, 40 cards at a time or <laughs> yeah. something. And I'm always just on the cusp of getting them out. But they, um, yeah, surprising how many cl- um, clients still, when you call them, they say, look, thank you so much for that birthday card. It was the only one I got this year. Wow. Really nice that somebody cares enough to do that. And um, whilst you're doing it at the time and it does take up a big chunk, you think, oh, God, is it? Do people even really care? Like they do, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah. It's a, there's like a that, that human interaction. Oh, for sure. And I wonder if, like, have you found that, like, it's a good thing for you? Because, like, in psychology, there's this thing around, like, if if, if you spend, uh, mindfulness is a, is a version of this, but, like, mm. spending spending time, like, I call it half an hour a month writing birthday cards. Yeah. It's, like, just on that appreciation or, like, that mm. gesture changes your thinking a little bit. I wonder, like, have yeah. that... Well, I mean, all I can say is that I know people do appreciate. I fre- <clears throat> frequently get comments from people saying that they they it made their day, or you know, sometimes yeah. <laughs> I had a guy the other day send him out a card and our pen, and you you know, just a Plan Four pen, and uh, he said, "Oh, my other pen just ran out. <laughs> made my day getting that new pen." I thought, God, something as small as that, you yeah. know, it's it's worth doing. Yeah. You know, it yeah. is worth doing. So yeah. Got to keep in touch with people. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. A uh, couple of things before yeah. we wrap up. Yeah. Um, what are you curious uh, about right now? Curious about? Um, from, well, from a business perspective, yeah, I guess um, systemizing automation, workflow, all that sort of stuff, because it's something that I've, we've been trying to do for such a long time. Like We made the transition from coin to X-Plan probably 12 months ago. Everyone seems more to be ago. doing that. What? What? Um, well, from from us, we could just see that that coin was getting zero upgrades right. funding, and it was just sort of pretty antiquated in the way that it did things. Like we wanted to be getting more data feeds, better reporting for clients through our CRM, and mm. um, same old story. Yeah, and um, X Plan seemed to do a lot of that. Um, I hadn't had any experience with it before we took it on. I'm still, you know, fairly average at it, um, using it to its potential. But mm. um, fortunately, some of our, our power planners and things have had a lot of experience with it, and risk researcher and all the data feeds and whatnot. So I think for us trying to just um, go through end-to-end of our review clients, new business processes, all of that, and workflow at all, just to make sure that, you know, it is very easy to just miss small things when you're left to human interaction with it all. Yes. 
it can can happen we're only human um so if the less chance we have of people you know doing that the better so mm. yeah that's that's something that we'd like to see fully up and running in the next couple of months mm. um you know <laughs> but i'm forced to be curious about the Farzier exam <laughs> yeah man so yeah have you done any stuff for it uh, i'm i'm i've just started the ethics module with okay. kaplan so yeah. my my sort of um i've just finished the grad dip so my next, well, for trying to finish the master's uh, four units next uh, and doing the ethics module at the moment. So my, my plan was to do the ethics module and then do the FASU exam after I finish that, just to yeah. it all fresh in my mind. But, you know, the the education stuff is a, is a massive chunk of your time. And, um, yeah, man. you know, I, for me, like I'm, I'm not sure whether I'll, I'll end up doing CFP and getting that, but I definitely want to get the master's um, finished off over the next 12, 18 months or so. So... That's something I, I have to be curious about, <laughs> and I want to be. I do want yeah. to be, but I just I just need to get it done. Yeah. So my, you need to do masters and ethics, and the exam is that. Yeah. 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 What, yeah. What's what's under your belt at the moment? Uh, education wise, yeah. well, I've just finished the grad dip. Okay. Um, which is yeah, so I finished the eighth module of that. Um, only a few weeks ago. So, so four more for four more masters. for masters, including nice. the ethics one. Oh, happy days! Yeah, so the ethics can count as a, as far as I'm aware, can count as a um, one of the um, elective subjects. I think they changed that at last week. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they played <laughs> just like when we got credit for things after I'd already finished them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we got some credit, I think, for Horizons or something, but it was already after I'd finished that next lot of studies, so I didn't get to use it. Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, so you know, that's obviously something that's on the agenda for the next twelve months or so. I did the practice exam last week. How'd you go? I don't know yet. Uh, mm. So the results come over the next couple of weeks. It's it's a weird one, man, because it's like it's not it's not a technical exam. Yeah. But it's it's really about a lot of hypothetical situations, talking about like relative to standard eight yeah. question. It's like. I kind of find it difficult when it's like, you know, which one of these is the most wrong? And you're like, <laughs> God, it's very subjective. How yeah, do you, you know, yeah. I kind of wish, you you know, they don't, I don't feel like they need to be as tricky as they are with some of these things to tweet out unethical behavior. But, yeah. you know, so be it, we, we jump through the hoops. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are just leaning into it. I've got the actual exam in December and with yeah. a bit of luck, that'll be... Yeah, that'll be it. So once that's done, I'll be delighted to talk people through that. But it's <laughs> yeah. uh, like navigating the corporates act, really big yeah. one. That's like super important. Um, yeah. It's also, a big act. It's a big act. Yeah, man, mm. hundreds of pages. Mm. Uh, so that's why I say navigating the act because yeah. uh, it'll ask about something relative to the corporations act. But if you know how to find the the particular yeah. area. Yeah, look, I imagine it's like anything. You got to just put in the time to yeah. to get to know it, and um, you know, for those of us that have got a you know the, the right intentions at heart and know right from wrong, hopefully with a bit of brushing up on that sort of stuff, we should be able to sail through it all. So mm. I'm not I'm not too worried. It's just more just finding the time with everything else to to get it done, which we we'll, we will do. Sweet. Very finally, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we're organising a dinner party, just you and one other person, you and one other person, <laughs> one, other, okay. one other person, dead or alive, oh. who would it be and why? God. You can have two if you're struggling. <laughs> oh, jeez. God. Graham doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, like, without thinking about it, the first person that came to my mind was Kurt Cobain. I guess I, I go back to my music days, never got to see Nirvana play yeah. live, but, geez, I'd love to pick Kurt's brains about... Well, Kurt like, Cobain and Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of each, yeah. <laughs> geez, that'd be an interesting... I don't know whether that'd go you'd, terribly. You'd be stressed that out, would mate. Go you terribly. would not enjoy that, yeah. <laughs> you don't want those two people in the room together. But no, I'd, I'd love to meet... Would have loved to meet Kurt and got yeah. to know about the, his uh, creative influences and you know things that go into his songwriting 
screening process and everything. But yeah, not to be. That will never happen, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. So RIP. Yeah, take care, man. Yep. All right, man. Good to see you. Yep. You Thanks too. for your time and thanks uh, for having me. We'll uh, catch up soon. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.